Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be my video about why Destiny needs a Weapons 2.0 update. If you're listening to this in any of the other locations, you can always join us live. We're doing daily polls and discussions. The polls are a big hit. So head over to SNTRlive.com. SNTRlive.com will bring you to my YouTube channel where we do these live streams. If you're watching on my upload channel, there's usually a card up in the corner you can click to join us. So... If you don't know this, Weapons 2.0 is something we've all been sort of waiting for. I know a lot of people cite Forsaken as being Weapons 2.0. I'm going to address that in this video. I'm also going to give you ideas for how this could look, okay? We did a poll, and the poll on my channel, I asked a very simple question. Should Bungie have added Weapons 2.0 in Destiny before Armor 2.0? Now, we got a lot of good feedback from the poll very many people chimed in and said listen I want armor 2.0 I'm sorry I want weapons 2.0 but armor 2.0 was necessary armor was so bad back then there was literally no reason to really do anything with it we needed that update they had updated you know random rolls and forsaken and then Shadowkeep was a good time to update the armor that's actually really good feedback I thought that was one of the better forms of input we got today from the the poll that we did however lots of people were chiming in and saying listen what makes destiny special is the guns guns are it we've got to have these guns get updated they feel like there's nothing really going on and this would have dovetailed really well with sunsetting and reissues so when bungie updated the armor system in destiny 2 shadow keep with the armor 2.0 system many were left wondering when is this sort of an update going to come to the weapon system when are we going to get that level of modification build crafting or investment Players often point to Forsaken as the expansion that brought Weapons 2.0, but ultimately that was just a reinstitution of random roles and was not a full systemic change like Armor 2.0. Also, Luke Smith fielded questions in September 2019 about Weapons 2.0 and if it was in the works. So at the time, he was even fielding questions about it and being like, this is before Shadowkeep. He's like, no, we're not working on Weapons 2.0 right now. So in their mind, they did not consider Forsaken a Weapons 2.0 update. At the time, it wasn't, but the question remains, when will it happen? Are they going to be doing some sort of a Weapons 2.0 update? So the first section of my video, I want to say, deepen the pool. And the the, the element of, of this discussion, I think, ultimately comes down to the weapon pool not feeling very broad, and it doesn't feel very deep either. They didn't do a lot of quantity in Beyond Light, and it's really, there's just not a lot of depth at all to even the guns that they did add. After Destiny 1's first year, the idea of having an elemental primary drifted from center stage and it didn't return until Destiny Age of Triumph. Even at that time, those guns returned as exotics and it felt like novelties or collector's items more than viable build elements. A lot of your endgame builds, you weren't going to waste an exotic on a primary just because it got arc or another element on it. Now, if you fast forward to Destiny 2 and the application of elements on primary weapons, it becomes even stranger. Year 1 allowed us to change elements with a mod. You literally could change the element on a weapon with a mod. That's that's the, in, And the mod raised the weapon by like 5 power or something. It was very strange. And that was at a time when we had double primary. So only energy primaries could do this. You had kinetic primaries and energy primaries. I believe that if the disparity between kinetic and energy primaries was removed and all weapons dropped with an element that was also changeable the way that we change armor affinity, then this would immediately deepen the loot pool, give Bungie more capital out of their guns, and it would fill archetypal vacancies more efficiently. You wouldn't be saying things like, I can't get a void 
SMG archetype at this speed. I can't get a solar hand cannon. You wouldn't be saying these things. There would be an immediate injection of more guns in essence because every gun would essentially have three versions of itself that you could potentially chase. Now as far as changing the elements being like armor affinity, you would just do it in a very similar way. If the gun has not been masterworked yet, it's pretty cheap. If you've masterworked the gun all the way up and you decide to switch the element, it's a little bit more expensive. The idea here is just to deepen the pool because it's a primary problem with Beyond Light that's already been admitted to and I believe this would be a very, very simple systemic decision that would automatically give them more capital out of whatever guns that they end up adding in Witch Queen. Next, we need to deepen the guns. It's not just about having a lot more guns. Quantity is great, but quantity without depth is going to feel like an Olympic pool with two inches of water in it. It's not going to matter that we get 40 or 50 guns if they're all very samey with no depth. In addition to making sure that more vacancies are filled and more capital is gained, guns themselves need to be expanded and improved. Armor 2.0 brought a greater purpose to master working gear, and even ghosts have recently gotten a similar menu option option you level up your ghost and then you start being able to put those mods and things like that on the ghost weapons need to be given more depth and the three perk rows are perfect for it a fully masterwork gun should allow you to modify each perk slightly so if you really like outlaw once the gun is masterworks you could pick between three to four outlaw mods that would make small adjustments this would not break the game, but it would add a layer. Uh, it would add a layer of investment and customization to the game. So your version of Outlaw and your version of the God Roll might be slightly different than mine. There's also the idea that all perks should drop as a tier one perk, and as you use the gun and level it up, the perks go from tier one, two, and three, become more efficient, and then once fully upgraded, they have a little yellow circle around them. Then that mod slot opens. What this does is it creates this element of investment in the gun after you chase the God Roll. None of these mods would be game-breaking, but it would bring an element of personalization to the weapon, as well as investment after your coveted god roll has been acquired. Obviously, this means sunsetting windows should be considered for lengthening, given how this creates a longer bond with the weapon. The reason I wrote that last line is, there are many people in this community, I could hear their voice in my head when I was typing this. They're like, if I take the time to get the god roll, invest in the weapon, level it up, and invest in the customization and the perks, you better let me use the gun for a longer period of time. This stands to the reason of the argument that we put in the other video about sunsetting killing morale. Allowing players to use the guns for longer periods of time, 15 months, maybe 18, but I think 15 is probably a better fit. After you spend a month or two getting all your guns where you want them, you have a nice chunk of time, almost an entire year, you know, 12 or 13 months that you can use the gun. The months chasing and investing in them don't feel wasted because you still have almost an entire year with your favorite weapon and your favorite version of it with all your customization. The last section is called Lots of Birds. I think they could take out a lot of birds with one stone here because approaching the weapon system with the fully orb solution of depth and expansion would take care of a lot of the current problems with the game's loot problems. The lack of quantity and archetypal vacancies being the first. This is one of the primary concerns we had going into Beyond Light. If you remember, 
If you remember, they had that outline and that list that went around on Reddit. Here is everything that will not be usable in Beyond Light with respect to infusion. It left very little weapons on the table, and we were all concerned about, that's not a lot of weapons, there's going to be a lot of archetypal vacancies. This led me to conclude that they would be adding a lot of guns and loot in Beyond Light, and I was incredibly incorrect in that prediction. However, even, even my prediction ended up being on target because they've admitted they did not add enough loot in Beyond Light, which hopefully they can add more in the future. This would also give Bungie more places to utilize raid mods or making adept weapons better, because their uniqueness or capstone benefits could be given over to the player as something to seek after for in-game benefits, because right now the way that they have it set up with adept weapons they're not that impressive raid mods and raid weapons are not that exciting this system would give them essentially a container to invest in to make those weapons and to make those adept perks and benefits a little bit more enticing as well as something the player has control of if given a season like if we give a season they give us like 12 I'm sorry 20 guns and if witch queen manages to add around I don't know 40 you know we got 20 30 something if we end up in the 40 or 50 range all those numbers get tripled by a true elemental system with customization options and the guns themselves automatically feel better than everything that's being sunset and self-pruning would happen we self-prune when armor 2.0 hit and we would self-prune if a system like this would hit reissues would not be as insulting and then if there's still activities around worth running like the garden of salvation raid or the last wish raid you would suddenly feel like you know what I don't mind re-earning these weapons because we re-earned our armor to get the armor 2.0 systems on them you're going to re-earn those weapons and they're going to be completely new and fresh they're not just a reissue with some new perks it would literally be a brand new version of the weapon we accepted this in armor 2.0 and we would accept it in a weapons 2.0 system that would also solve their quantity problems and their depth problems the two main categories I nailed on and railed on in my sunsetting is not the problem video this would significantly help with that that's my idea for a weapons 2.0 system update to make the weapons not only better for you to use but more of them to chase as always we're going to go to Q&A next if you're in the live audience don't go anywhere it's going to be like when I was reading through the poll responses be sure to take the poll if you haven't already if you're listening elsewhere get in here these daily polls discussions and Q&A's they're awesome we're having a blast so go to sntrlive.com if you want to join us live if you're listening to this recording elsewhere always remember to please like share and subscribe Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be my Q&A session that followed my talk about Destiny 2 needs a weapons 2.0 system. We are going to be walking through questions submitted by the audience. If you're listening to this elsewhere, you can always catch me live at sntrlive.com. And that is one of the ways to uh, take part in what we do here. And if you if you want to partake and you want to be a part of it, you can always come here and be a part of everything going on. It could be six months of inactivity. I just realized where we just hit like a six month uh, a six month thing. Uh, maybe that's what it was. Click fire with the first question. How do you think Bungie could make weapons 2.0 feel effective without being OP, but also avoid it feeling like a marginal difference over previous versions? This is obviously like th- this is obviously a a touchy one because if they go too far then all of a sudden it's like well this is completely busted now I happen to think they should just start breaking things seriously just start breaking things you know destruction is a form of creation right (laughs) 
Donnie Darko. But, you know, th- th- just start breaking things. Now, if you're breaking things in PvE, I think it's just a little bit more like, oh, this is fun, this is crazy, then they nerf it. People get grumpy, but generally, I think they understand uh, what is going on when that happens. And and when that happens, I do think that what, the reason that, that I think is I'm more in favor of that is that essentially what you're doing is is you're giving us fun and at least it's exciting and not boring right so i would say just start going crazy just start busting stuff and as long as it's busted in pve who cares now again this is a tightrope because if they go too far and then they walk it back no one gives a crap they're like well this is boring this was so cool before and now it's boring and then they they compare it to that this this says um this says that you you basically would would have to, you know, make it effective to the point that people care, right? Because if you remember with Menagerie, it was really, really effective to run the glitch, and you got a ton of weapons, and then they patched it. And then all of a sudden, everyone's like, oh, well, it's not as good anymore. Yeah, Super Stua, if the fact says verified accounts have to be authentic, notable, and active... It's possible six months of inactivity got me bummed. Maybe I'm maybe I'm being too paranoid. It just seemed very convenient. Um, that's a bummer. I wish they would have given me a, like a warning, like, "Hey, you're not using your account." Um, whatever. I was liking tweets though recently, so I don't think that's it. I've been liking tweets on that account. You can go check my likes. Maybe that's not active in their mind. Anyway, um, if it's a marginal difference, no one's gonna care. Everyone's gonna be like, "This is nothing. This doesn't matter." Right? What is this? This is stupid. I just think even if it was something that was marginal per perk, if you had like a marginal benefit per perk from the from the uh, the mods, then I think that that would be a good thing. And the it, it, I think people would celebrate that because it would bring an element of customization to the weapons, and it would be deepening the weapons for you. It's like, well, this weapon I really wanted, uh, you know. Rampage Outlaw. Uh, let's just keep it simple. We all know about Rampage Outlaw. I wanted Rampage Outlaw. And then you get Rampage Outlaw, and then you modify each of them slightly. And then I modify mine slightly differently. Now, somebody might say, but the difference in the weapons is so marginal. It doesn't matter. If I like the way that it feels because I've done this, and you like the way yours feels because you've done it, it's almost like you're putting your stamp on the weapon. You're putting your fingerprint, your DNA on the weapon. This is what I like weapons um, to do. And more often than not, I think that a weapons 2.0 system, many people have thought, well, what could they possibly do? We can't do build crafting like with armor. Like when you look at armor 2.0, you're literally picking your mods and your build right then and there. You're just, you're just, you're just picking it. And you can't give people that on weapons. What are you going to, you're going to get a raid weapon and then just literally pick all of the mods. Well, then you're not really grinding for a weapon, right? The reason they got away with that, uh, the, the, the reason that they, they got away with that on armor is because there was random stats. You know, the stats were, the stats were randomized and that was, that was the RNG element of chasing the armor. So they didn't just suddenly make it to where like, you can do whatever you want on the armor. So with weapons, it's kind of similar. It's like, if they gave us total control over the perks, you can't make stats on guns different. That'd be insane. Like all of a sudden a shotgun drops with no range, but blindingly fast reload. Like what in the frick is that? You know, that might be kind of fun, but I don't necessarily know if that's what people would want. If you suddenly have, you know, hand cannons dropping with, you know, insanely fast, uh, you know, fire rates and reloads, but the impact's really, really low. 
that would kind of become a nightmare of balance and also I don't think that would be nearly as exciting. I think chasing a god roll is more exciting than being like, well, I got one of those weird stat rolls where my gun is really, really strong, but it reloads in, like, slow motion. You know, like, I don't think you'd want to go down this road. Personally, I think the best option they could do is, obviously I'm biased, but something similar to what I outlined. You get the god roll that you want, and then... Once you've got the god roll, you sort of invest in it, you you tweak it, you level it up, you 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 use it, you know, you use it obviously in content to level it, but then you start to feel those benefits of customization investment the longer you have it and the more you kind of mess around with it. I think that would be better. And number 1, I think that keeps it in a safe place. That would be sort of a marginal thing where uh you know, Uh, as far as like I'm not making an insanely broken weapon right I'm I'm not making an insanely broken weapon I am making a weapon that is well not making a weapon I am customizing a weapon that I that I that I like and I like the role and I like to use it so in general they've they've uh, they've consistently I think iterated on perks in a way that feel like lateral adjustments more than evolution or innovation it's like well here is a here is multi-kill clip okay but that's just sort of a lateral movement it's still kill clip here's swashbuckler uh that's just kill clip rampage kind of it's just a horse of a different color right so it's like these are just lateral movements we're not we're not really moving in a in a in a in a forward direction think of it this way perks can either either move lateral and when they move lateral they are essentially the same as what you already have so picture rampage on this like horizontal line and when you move to the left or the right you've got rampage swashbuckler kill clip multi kill clip and then what's the new one like redistribution or whatever it's called where i forget what it's called anyway you they're all moving along that horizontal line now some people would say the danger, Lono, is you can't move vertical because if you move vertical, all of a sudden the you're making perks that are just too strong. Well, let's move vertical and you make something stronger than Rampage. Well, that doesn't work. That's power creep, right? Okay, imagine that we're not looking at a 2D graph, but a 3D graph. And on this graph, you can move lateral, you can move vertical, or you can move forward. And in my mind, moving forward is new territory so have you ever played one of those mobile games where all of a sudden you're playing in a ice ice covered landscape and there's trees in the background right and as you move forward in the game the environment changes and now you're on a beach and now you're in a forest and now you're here now you're there picture perks on that landscape quit all the lateral movement move forward let's go into a new era new territory hey this year we really focused on elemental perks you know uh suppression and crowd control perks things you can visibly see that's moving forward it's not vertical it's not making perks that are insanely strong like and breaking the game and going into power creep it's not a boring lateral move of like okay great I got Swashbuckler, but it's basically just Rampage, right? No, moving forward. Oh, this is a new era. This is this is a new area, a new frontier of Destiny. 
That's what they need to do. We keep thinking in lateral and vertical. It's like, well, you can't go vertical with perks or power because that's power creep. So everything becomes a lateral upgrade. It's like, that just gets boring. That just gets totally boring. It's like, okay, cool. Awesome. Another damage and reload perk. This is precisely why. I've never worded it this way before, but this is precisely why the raid weapons are so dadgum boring to me. I'm like, cool. I moved laterally and got perks that are essentially similar to other perks that I've got, like auto-loading and overload. I've already got perks like this, and you gave me different versions of them, and cool, but if I moved into a new area, and I was like, yo, this raid is kind of crazy, because of all of the Deep Stone Crypt technology, these raid guns have perks we've never even seen before, and look at what it's doing, and look at the uh, visual effects out there, and oh, it's awesome I'm not moving vertically I'm moving forward if they could master that then what they could essentially do is approach the weapons team and say we need a theme for year four and take us into that theme take us out there one of the easiest things they could have done with year three is stasis perks not stasis elements stasis perks so the theme of year three wait no we're in year four right yeah the theme of year four would be stasis you would be getting legendary weapons every season and right now that there are random rolled versions that have some cool stasis stuff that they do. It's not a stasis element, not like solar, ele- you know, n- not like that. And then that sets the stage for the year. So you know every season there's going to be some new guns. Uh, it might be pretty cool to get an SMG with some of these new stasis perks that we're seeing. They're pretty dope. They're pretty nice. You're just moving forward. The game is moving forward and guns aren't going anywhere. The, the, the game is like all the way out there on the on the on the, the 10 yard line and we're back here about to be safety. It's like these guns haven't gone anywhere, man. Take them up there. The games move forward. You got stasis, new supers, aspects and fragments, and then the guns are just sitting here. I think that's the ticket. Because then what they could do in Witch Queen, if Witch Queen is in fact another expansion with a new darkness subclass, and we are right that it's going to be some sort of corruption or poison subclass, you start putting those perks on guns, and then that's new, we've never seen that before, it's not, it's not vertical, it's not stronger, it's not power creep, it's just newer and more exciting. I've, I've never conceived of it in this way before, but I really do think that's the ticket. That's the ticket. That's how you move us forward instead of just laterally with perks, right? All right, see you, Alex. Enigma. Do you think it could be a good idea to work in your ideas of tiered perks and difficulty spectrum together? Example, a tier 1 weapon starts as a perk tier 1 and can go to a max of tier 3, and a tier 3 weapon starts at perk tier 3 and can go to tiers 5 at max. So essentially what you're saying, oh, 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 yes. Yes. I see what you're doing here. This is fantastic. I respond to both, Brendan. Th- this is so smart. This is what you do with the deft weapons. This right here. <laughs> you did it. <laughs> you did it, Enigma. You're well named. You solved it. Like, if if perks on non-adept weapons can all go to tier three, 
adept weapons can go to tier 5 but these volume knobs go to 11 they go to tier 5 right they go a little bit further not game breaking feels a little special feels a little saucier a little bit spicier you're not busting the game it's just these perks are a little bit more effective and then ah oh, here it comes the plane is landing are you ready are you ready here you go once you hit tier 5 on those perks that unlocks a mod for each of them that's an adept mod so you can do something to outlaw that can only be done on the adept version that's it that's it enigma just landed the plane of how my idea i said this i didn't flesh it out at the end of my video i said i think this idea would give them the framework to make adept weapons and raid weapons stand out more and enigma's just done it this is brilliant this is exactly what they should do if you deepen the weapons to make them have more space in there all you do is say yeah these these perks can go up a little bit more and then you unlock this slot for each of them and there's an adept mod for each that if you want to try out you can none of this would break so instead of 10 energy an adept would be like 13 it would be something like that Brandon not exactly the energy system essentially what we're saying is every perk drops at tier 1 and you can level it up to tier 3 by using it and investing some currency in it or in this case maybe masterworking it Okay, but if it drops as an adept version what it would do is it would drop already at tier 3 on those perks and you can take it to tier 5 you can overclock it right If for all you computer geeks out there that overclock your video cards and almost melt them so that's what you would do right you would take the perk beyond that 3 so Outlaw would be a little bit faster for you. Again, not game-breaking, but you would notice a difference. You're like, no, I have Adept Outlaw. It pops up on the screen. It says Adept Outlaw. My gun glows a slightly different color, maybe when I'm reloading it, to give me the visual feedback that this is, in fact, an Adept weapon. And then once that perk hits Tier 5, it's not just slightly more effective. It opens up a mod slot for that perk that you can say, okay... The tier 3 mods were nice. I could do this one tier 3 mod on uh, on Outlaw that made it reload quicker when the mag was more empty. Well, now I'm going to do the Adept mod that does something different. None of this would break the game. These would be little marginal little perks and benefits that you would get to personalize the weapon and feel like, yeah, man, this Adept weapon, it's truly better than the legendaries. But it's not breaking gunfights. It's not overpowered. I'm not winning you know, gunfights because my gun's Adept. It just feels a little saucier. It's overclocked, you know? I got the same PC as you. I got the same video card. Mine's a little bit more overclocked. What's that going to do? I'm going to squeeze a little bit more frames out. I'm going to count them. I'm going to drool over them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice, 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 nice. Yeah, yeah, 250, 250 average. Look at that. And you're like, I'm getting like a 200 frames per second average in this game. Who the frick cares? And the guy next to you is like, oh, no, no. No, I overclocked, though. That's the, that's the, that's the, the feeling it would give. Is like, no, no, no. My, my, my weapon's better. My weapon's slightly better than yours. And uh, I'm glad I went and got it. And nobody would turn around and be like, dude, this is absurd. That's so strong. That's so broken. Nobody would say that. Nobody looks at your overclocked PC and is like, well, I'm going to also do that and risk instability in the game and and risk, you know, breaking my video card for some extra frames. But in the realm of Destiny, we 100% would do that. Tier 1 is a 25%. Tier 2 is 35 tier 560 and in pvp cap at 40 something like that yeah i'm telling you 
This is it. Like I said, Enigma's properly named. This is this is your weapons 2.0 system. Just Enigma and I will sign NDAs. We'll get on some conference calls. We'll we'll break this down. We'll break this down for you for you, Bungie. <laughs> Coyote with the next question. Do you think that another reason we are only getting a handful of reissues at a time right now is because we may be seeing weapons 2.0 in Witch Queen? I'm telling you, there's a lot of good theories floating around right now, and this is another good one. A lot of people that were taking the poll earlier were were saying similar things. I'm gonna I'm gonna refresh the poll here and let you guys kind of see it on screen. Uh, right there we where is it? There we go. Should Bungie have added weapons 2.0 before armor 2.0? 795 votes, almost 800 votes already. 197 comments and. A lot of the feedback in there was, well, they did this first because it's a better testing ground, right? They did this first because it's a better testing ground. They can, uh, they, they can, they can go in and make these tweaks and adjustments, and it's not super tectonic to the way, uh, to the way that that, that, that guns feel. We're not going to be like breaking things and busting things, right? And so they would. I, I think w- in doing this, they wouldn't necessarily win back goodwill. Like, we're going to look back and be like, well, it's it's totally fine that they did all that. They reissued small amounts of weapons, and we didn't get a lot of weapons in Beyond Light. And No, 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 no. I, I, don't, I don't think so. I think that, by and large, the, the testing is a good theory. That they were saying, like, listen, if we're going to do something like this with guns, we got to make sure we don't completely jack this up. Guns are so. Think about when one broken gun exists in the game, like what that one gun does to the game. Imagine that they mess up weapons 2.0. What a shambles that would have been, right? That'd have been insane. That's. Weapons are so, so. You guys know I like the word. They're tectonic, they can throw off anything. One weapon can completely change the fight and the damage output if it can do something that other weapons can't do, like mountaintop and an auto-loading rift. I mean, come on. Like, they, 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 those, those were things that were massive, massively, you know, shifting speed running and, and damage, you know, damage on stuff, on, on, on bosses especially. It was very, very common for that to be like a, for that to be like a thing. Um, and so this could be another great theory. Well, they're going to reissue a few things here and there, pad out the loop pool, keep things relevant. But the real big change is coming later. You know, Weapons 2.0 is coming later. It's very possible. I still think Bungie devs watch your streams for good ideas. It's very possible. And that little segment right there that Enigma and I just outlined, I mean, that is freaking gold. That is gold for the weapon system if they can implement it. Joseph Young says, would weapons 2.0 look like armor 2.0? You have your rolled stats, perks, so stats and perks he's, he's equating here, and you have the mods enhancing after the uh, alter what is rolled with, letting new mods do new changes, enhancements to those perks. Yeah, this is exactly what I outlined, and it would be separate from your mod. So you would still have your traditional mod slot, alright? But each perk lane would have its own mod box below right? Maybe not even that. You would just hover over the perk. You would hover over Outlaw, and you'd push a button to open a menu that's like, what mod do you want? You finally hit Tier 3 on Outlaw. Congratulations. You got X number of kills after an Outlaw reload. That's like, that's maybe that's how you upgrade that perk. They would have like individual things you gotta do with the gun to upgrade the perks, okay? 
congratulations you just got tier 3 outlaw and then you click on the you actually click on the outlaw perk and the little menu opens up and there's three perk enhancements that you can pick from we'll call it perk augmentation you can augment the outlaw perk and it's just a slight change one of the ones i've been throwing out there is outlaw is significantly faster the lower um the the more empty the magazine when reloading that's sensible, right? The, the the more you empty the gun, the faster it's going to reload. That's not going to break anything. That's that, and but you would feel it. You would know I'm intentionally emptying the mag, and wow, this thing is reloading really, really fast. You're going to take a couple extra shots and try and keep outlaw going to empty that mag. That's just one outlaw augmentation I've came up with. You could do another one where. If you if you reload before the midway point in the in the mag, your next mag's first couple of bullets are um, are weaker, but the last half of the mag is stronger, and it'd be on a timer because you wouldn't want to break crucible. Things like this where it modifies, it augments outlaw, but it doesn't make it to where you're going into crucible and ammo dumping and two tapping people and stuff. Imagine a tier 3, 5 version of Demolitionist is faster charge and maybe even allows you to hold multiple grenades. Right, like, you would augment Demolitionist and it would say, you know, the adept version would be chance to overcharge your grenade with two grenades. Like, what? (laughs) That'd be cool, right? Like, you get enough kills and the adept mod for for Demolitionist would be, it'd be a little saucy. Like, well, that's kind of nice. A chance to give me two grenades, that's kind of dope. That's not game-breaking. But it would be exciting. You'd have a little sound for it. You'd be like, "Kabling!" You'd be like, oh, "I got one!" Like, you the player feedback of like, "Oh, I got it the proc!" Oh my gosh, I got an extra grenade! And then you would know you had two grenades, and you'd throw one. I, there's there's a handful of ways they could approach this. Every perk you could give slight augmentations to. What if um, so demolitionist? You could have some augmentations for demolitionist where it would say something to the effect of. Um, chance to overcharge next grenade uh, to be stronger and then you would have another one that would be like um, chance to overcharge next grenade where if you get a kill with it it immediately replenishes that grenade just little things like that put a cooldown on it so when I hear the sound I know I just overcharge my grenade and if I throw it and get a kill with it I'm going to get another grenade back these are slight, these are very, very slight things. And again, if you put a cooldown on it, every once in a while you'd be like, oh, I heard the sound, my, my grenade's stronger, right? Yeah, demolitionist would be, yeah, um, chance to turn your grenade into a stun nade or a blinding nade or something. It's, it's just a perk augmentation. This is, this is how you evolve and take the weapon system forward without breaking the game. Randomly getting two grenades, randomly getting a grenade that's a little bit stronger, randomly getting a blinding grenade or a stun grenade or something. No way. I, no, that, that's not going to break the game. Those are all minor. But they're cool. That's the ticket, right? They're cool. You would sense it happening, and you would feel like, yes, I made this decision on the weapon, and I'm feeling it in the game. And it would make the weapon feel like you, you invested in it. You kind of chose that. Now, obviously... What we're doing is, is we're combining God roll pursuance with customization. Man, why do you want that roll? Oh, dude, have you not seen? If you get this gun with this roll, the perk augmentations, oh, there's such a good synergy between them. What do you mean? Okay, well, Wellspring and Surplus now have augmentations that make them more effective when paired together. What? I've been ignoring those perks. 
I don't really like those perks. I'm going to try and get one of those guns now. So you essentially what you do is you create more allure and appeal in the god roll by creating this investment and this augmentation on the back end. You're tying it all together. What we do now is we get a god roll and you're like, yeah, I finally got it. And then that's kind of the end of the matter. Instead of augmenting and experimenting and trying out new things. Now, keep in mind, keep in mind, this only really dovetails well if the game starts to add depth and difficulty. That's when you get the dovetail effect, okay? They co- it comes together well. I've been talking about this a lot lately. Bungie builds circles, they don't build spiral staircases. A lot of what I'm talking about wouldn't really matter to you unless there was an, a, an upper echelon of difficulty that you were aspiring after because there's dope loot in there and you're getting these guns to that place where they feel stronger and cooler and better. We're, we're literally just throwing ideas out off the top of our head. Obviously, the developers could sit there and be like, that's problematic, that's problematic, can't do that, can't do that, that's broken, that would break this. There's probably things in the way of some of these ideas, but I still think, fundamentally, we're on the right track. The idea of augmenting the perks themselves as a reward for fully upgrading the weapon, this comes after you get the god roll, so you're not done with the weapon yet. As I said in the talk, though, this adds to the reasoning you would need to extend the sunsetting limit beyond 12 months because there's a significant more amount of time spent chasing and investing in the gun, creating a deeper bond with the gun, meaning you'd have to go for a 15 or an 18 month sunsetting window so people could get a solid year or more out of the weapon that they really got where they wanted. You really get the weapon where you want it. Giving somebody a solid year with it, I think, is fair. And you got to remember, this system is always moving forward. So Witch Queen would land and the new raid weapons would have new perks, new augmentations and synergies for you to chase. Adept versions at tier 5 dropping in the in the hard mode version of the raid. See, depth, breadth, diversity in your loadout. It's a little bit easier to be like, okay, some of my very, very cherished weapons are now sunset, but there's new ones with new things for me to try new builds, new augmentations to experiment with. The two pillars that Bungie needs to focus on is quantity and depth. I talked about that in my Sunsetting's Not the Problem video. Bring quantity of loot, add depth to the loot. If you do that, people will accept Sunsetting a whole lot more than they are right now. I'm wondering if they'd even have the bandwidth to do this though. Oh, I mean, what I'm talking about is a pretty massive undertaking. We're talking about adding a whole other layer to weapons that isn't there right now. So, I will readily admit this might be completely out of their reach. But, even if we got a version of what we're talking about, that'd be pretty dope. Don't give me the augmentation. Have the perks level up to 3. Have the perks level up to 5 if it's an adept version. Just that alone would be better than what we have right now. Like, I'm asking for an S-tier weapon system update. Well, give me a B-tier update. That's better than nothing. You know, take elements of what I'm saying and try to get close to it. Warsmith says, Do you think if Bungie implements a weapons 2.0 system and goes with your idea of having a randomly rolled element on everything, do you think that a cyberpunk equipment system would work well? I think this would... <coughs> excuse me. I think this would imply a fixed heavy slot and then two slots pulling from the same pool of guns. I'm not familiar with cyberpunk, but I do think 
I didn't talk about this in my weapons 2.0 because I didn't want to get on the soapbox of letting me put my primaries and my secondaries wherever I want. As you're saying, you have a fixed heavy slot. I think that's what you're getting at. Your heavy slot's fixed. Your heavy slot's fixed. And you can shuffle the other weapons around no problem. Right? Um, and I, I would say I would say that would be the the right way to approach this weapon system update. I do not like right now, when I get an energy primary, I know two things are true. It does less critical damage, and there's only two weapon types I can pair with it. A sniper or a shotgun. I do not like that. It immediately sours the experience. Yay! Yay, I got my I got my uh, I got my god roll, and then Oh, it's an energy weapon, though. I can only pair this with a shotgun or a sniper. I can't pair it with the fusion. I can't pair it with the wave frame grenade launcher. I can't pair it with a trace rifle. You know, there's plenty of exotic secondaries I can't pair it with. It's immediately chopped down. How is an energy primary exciting? What's it really offering you that's worth immediately hamstringing your loadout? Think about it. An, an energy primary is like it's like a low-level exotic with respect to loadout restriction. Congratulations, you got an energy primary. That means you can only use two types of secondary. What? No, but why? 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 But wait a minute. No, I don't want this. I don't want to use this. Come on. What, what is happening? It's immediately chopped down. Hey, you got a kinetic primary. Oh, dope. You can use snipers, shotguns, fusion rifles, waveframe grenade launchers, trace rifles, really fun weapons that are exotics, like, I don't know, if the Mercils or the Telesto are worth using. It's stupid. Energy primaries are automatically inferior with respect to loadout diversity. They immediately restrict your loadout more than a kinetic primary does. It's dumb. There's no other word for it. If kinetic primaries had an element on it, and you could just put primaries wherever the frick you wanted, like, you should be allowed to run a kinetic primary alongside of some of the uh, uh, secondaries that are kinetics. You should be allowed to do that. Who cares? It doesn't... I don't know what... Why? If you step above entry strikes, elemental primaries have their purpose. I didn't say they don't have purpose. I said they are immediately... They are immediately loadout restrictive. Intrinsically, they load out... They restrict your loadout. And I don't think what they give you as a benefit, you're not getting a fair trade. Think about it. When you equip an exotic and it restricts your loadout, you understand what you're getting from that. Hey, I just equipped an energy primary and it restricted my loadout. I have to, I have to choose between a shotgun and the sniper or run double primary like a Neanderthal. Like, that's your choices. What am I getting from this? Um, it pops shields quicker. So if you're running a Grandmaster and you got to hang back, you know, it's, uh, it's going to be helpful for that. What else do I get? Uh... Yeah, nothing really. That's pretty much it. It'll do less crit damage too, by the way. I don't know why this guy keeps spamming Dragonfly. We're so proud of you that you know how to type a a, a word, but Dragonfly as a perk is not worth the loadout restrictive change that we get. I, you know, if you're that big of a fanboy for Dragonfly, God bless you, sir, but that is not good enough for me. 
It ain't good enough. I am not a Neanderthal. <laughs> you can do more with armor to affect the weapons than, the, than with the weapons, at least right now. The weapons uh, keep saying the armor is a good testing ground. We have gotten new mods via armor, and we make the weapons overpowered. Um, so, I just got confirmation from my source. Uh, this person's returning as this person, and won't, but it won't carry over t- from there. It will be a total reboot. Oh, nice. You can let the stream know if you want. We have it on good authority. Johnny Bernthal will be returning as the Punisher, but they're going to basically reset the series. They're not going to pick up where Netflix left off. I can't freaking wait. Johnny Bernthal is Frank Castle. I will fight you in the street on this. He is Frank Castle, and I, I'm very excited about that. I'm very excited. I hope that that is that that's that's accurate uh, accurate inside intel because he absolutely crushed it. He saved Daredevil season two big time. He saved Daredevil season two. Oh, Daredevil's going to continue because they're putting him in Spider Man three, and they'll probably use that to springboard Daredevil into his own series on Disney Plus or a movie or something. Daredevil's already coming over. He's coming over into Spider-Man 3. He's going to represent... He's going to be Peter Parker's lawyer. So, I was so frustrated. Like, they got Frank Castle and the Punisher right where we wanted him. He worked out all his crap. Worked out all his crap. He donned the moniker. And he ends the series by saying, You want to dance with me? And he shoots all those... He shoots all those criminals. Steps out of the shadows. The skull's painted on. A gun in each hand. I'm like, yes! And then we don't ever get anything else. That would have been a literal shame. <laughs> he brought something so special to that character. An emotional depth. A torturedness. A damagedness. And a rage. Oh, he is such a great actor. He he really is. He was made to play Punisher. I love him. He's a really good dude too. Really good dude in like real life. So very very excited. Spoiler alert! Oh, get the frick out of here. Real King Salty. When speaking of weapon leveling, are you speaking of a blank slate weapon that gains perks as you level? No, you would upgrade existing perks. Yeah yeah yeah. As you as you use the gun right as you use it they would they would go up in efficiency so basically imagine it being like this when you first get the weapon outlaw is like gray and it's working right it's it's working and then as you use it a little bar is filling and it goes from gray to like you know i don't know a bl- a, bl- a blue and then it goes to a darker blue at tier three, at tier three, and then it gets like a yellow outline. You know how like when you master or something. Vince D'Onofrio will be reprising his role as Kingpin. There's good rumors about that too. They're gonna they're gonna let him reprise his role as Kingpin. I think he needs to be interacting with Spider-Man. I think he makes a better a better um, a better baddie for uh, for Spidey. Mike and I had a good back and forth last night on WandaVision on when we think we might get mutants in the MCU. Ooh. The future is bright for fans of comic books, man. We got so many good things coming. So, but to answer your question, Real King Salty, it, it, it would basically, you you would be chasing your god roll, and then it would be leveling up and the perks would be getting better. So a version of the D1 system for weapons, but increasing the perk efficiency. That's exactly right, Soul. So out of the box... I can test the weapon to see if I like the perk combination. I don't have to level it up first. But 
if I like the perk com- combination and I use it and invest in it, the perks become more efficient as I use it. And then once they get to tier three, there's a little menu where I modify the perk or augment the perk. So once Outlaw is at tier three, I get a little menu system where I can change a little bit of what Outlaw does. The example I've been giving is like, you could pick an augmentation for Outlaw where Outlaw is faster, the more empty the mag is. That's not that's not going to break anything, but it's your own personal touch on the weapon. It's your own choice of how you'd like Outlaw to feel. You're now incentivized to empty the gun more to get a really, really fast reload. But But that's not breaking anything. It's just giving you your own personal touch of like, well... I leveled up my weapon perks of tier three, and now I'm going to go augment them to where I would, uh, where I'd like them to be. So you would pick that for outlaw, you know, and it, and, you know, suddenly you're using the gun differently, and uh, and it's because of what you, the decision that you made, and the and the and the role that you pursued. You're still chasing a god role. They would make low. They would just make the low tiers and make it the same strength as they are now. That's possible, Alan, but if you know what's waiting for you, if you know getting to tier three, the weapon's kind of complete, and I suddenly unlock perk augmentation, then you have an incentive to do it. It's not like, well, now I just have to waste my time earning the real version of Outlaw. Well, yes and no. Yes and no. It's you deepening you know, your relationship with the weapon, which again, as I said, that means they probably need to look at sunsetting lengths and extend them. Princess Rainicia, thank you so much for the brand new membership. Enjoy your dope badge and emotes, your dope and deserve dope stuff. Um, I appreciate that very, very much. Anybody who clicks the join button today, thank you for doing that. We've had seven new members. Clicking join is a direct way to support me. Uh, Clicking subscribe is 100% free. If you don't want to do the paid membership, subscribing is free and you will not miss these discussions or the daily polls that we've been doing. You can still use the poll command and take part. Greg Smith with the next question. Why do you think players will not accept any reason or excuses from Bungie? Well, generally speaking, gamers don't like that. It's this is going to come as a shock to you. Gamers don't like reality. <laughs> I mean, I'm being tongue in cheek, but I'm being serious. I, I do. I, I think that they don't like reality. It it would be like, have you ever been somewhere at a restaurant and you see a a patron being very rude, and you, as an adult that's more mature than a seven year old tantrum thrower, you see that the place is understaffed and they're slammed. And your waitress even says something to the effect of, I'm really sorry about the wait and the slow service. Somebody called out and we're slammed. I'm working two sections. And because you're not a Karen, you're like, that's fine. I get it. Okay. You accept reality. You're li- you're allowing life to dictate or, or at least rein in your expectations. But, you know, the frothy mouth idiot Karen next to you who's berating the waitress about the long wait, gamers can unintentionally fall into that category. They just, they don't like reality. They don't want to, they don't want to be faced with the facts of like development takes a really long dadgum time. Look how many games we get so frustrated and angry about how long they take to develop and they delay them. Right. And then we wonder why games launch with problems. It's like, because you ravenously demand that you get them now. 
I cannot believe that my food came out undercooked. I only sat here and pounded the table for the last 30 minutes, demanding that my food come quicker. I can't believe insisting that the food come quicker made it cold or made it undercooked. This doesn't seem, this doesn't make any sense. Well, the two are slightly related, (laughs) you know, they were trying to satisfy you and it came out undercooked. Orn, thank you for your membership as well. Orn, clicking the join button. Welcome. Enjoy the dope badge and emotes. You're dope and deserve dope stuff. Eight new game, uh, eight new members today. Thank you. Now, obviously, I'm really simplifying the situation, but it's kind of true. Gamers are like, I want it all, and I want it right now, and I want it to be cheap. And if it isn't any of those things, I'm gonna complain. I got ripped off, not enough content, not, it's too thin, I'm bored, this was a rip-off, this was too expensive, should have been free. These are, these are common tropes in the gaming world. Hurry up and deliver the game! I can't believe this game wasn't ready for primetime, what the frick? Hurry up and bring my food out, I can't believe the food's undercooked. Like last night, my my wife we uh we that we we support a local farmer and we get uh, chickens from him. Uh, they're not alive when we get them, <laughs> and we pulled the chicken out a little too early. We were all hungry. The kids were hungry. You know, the chicken was at like one sixty five. We're like, that's pretty good. But usually, you got to take it out and move the thermometer to make sure certain sections are fully cooked. One section might be, and other sections might not be. Even though we use a convection. Uh, you know, the, the convection baking or whatever. Sometimes that still happens. Sure enough, we start cutting into the chicken last night and there were parts that were undercooked. Now, I get mad at the oven. I get mad at my wife, but it's like, no, we pulled it out too early. You know? <laughs> Wait a little bit longer. And gaming can be like that sometimes. Gaming can be very much, give me it, give me it, give me it, give me it. Why isn't it ready? Why is this bad? Why is this glitchy? Why is this bugged? So, here's the important question. If they make a 2.0 like you say, would you use shards and prisms to masterwork? What if the benefit only works on masterwork guns? You think that's the important question? Why does that even matter? Who cares what we use to do it? I don't care what currency I use to do it. Just put it in the game. You're, you're, you're talking about minutia. You're talking about minor details. I'm talking 30,000 feet value add. I don't... With, you're, that's not the important question. That's, that's, a, that's a non-issue. That doesn't matter at all. Just put it in. Put it in. We'll figure that out later. Who cares what currency we have to use? Just using the weapon is what I said, right? Just use the weapon. You, you go in and, and, and it says, get 100 kills you know, get 100 kills to upgrade the perk or whatever. You know, I don't know. You said you don't master work because it's not worth it? You're... I feel like a lot of times you're hungry to debate a finer point and you're, you're connecting things that aren't connected. I'm, I'm moving on. I, I feel like you're just trying to create a debate by ripping a comment about armor out of context and applying it to guns. I, it, it, you're... I'm not, I'm not falling... I'm not taking the bait. Um... Absolute unit. Do you think weapons 2.0 should also work to improve activities such as raids? Add adept weapons only available in a more challenging mode of the activity like a hard mode for the raid. Well, this is something we've been asking for for a very, very long time, right? The, the idea of, of like, give us a hard mode and give us a reason to run it, you know? Give us a hard mode and give us a reason to run it. We'll figure out later mentality screwed c- cyberpunk. 
you understand you're really overstretching what I said, right? I, I didn't say, just do it and figure out the details later. I'm saying, just do it and figure out the currency method of masterworking later. Who cares about that? That's a finer detail. Do you really think that's a fundamental challenge for Bungie to be like, well, we added this entire this entire system and we just don't know what currency to use. Like, you can figure that out after the fact. Add the whole system and then be like, yeah, it requires uh, glimmer, then legendary shards, then some prisms, and then some, and then and then that's it. You don't even need the shard, the ascendant shard or whatever. I'm not saying like just figure out the entire system later. I'm saying the currency is not important to the fundamental aspects of the discussion. The system is more important than the currency, is what I'm saying. It's take quotes out of context day, I guess. <laughs> um, so. Raids in general, dungeons as well, uh, you know, these are all elements of the game that we have said need more depth, need more difficulty, and this would be a way to add, add, add loot incentives to those harder areas and harder difficulties. This would be a way to do it. 100%. Dracus Pander. Hi, Lono. How do exotics fit in a weapons 2.0 world? How does Bungie address the shrinking performance gap between 2.0 legendaries and static rolled exotics that have been the same for years? Uh, How do exotics fit in a weapons 2.0 world? How does Bungie address the shrinking performance gap between 2.0 legendaries and static rolled exotics that have been... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, this is a good question. Uh, This is actually a really good question. So... Fluffy Rhino, that's very funny. Exotic primaries are their own problem. So I don't want to let them on the table and affect what Bungie does to make weapon legendary weapons more interesting. And I'll tell you why. Legendary weapons are a, are a more fundamental grind and pursuit and build aspect to the game. Exotic primaries aren't. Right? So I would assign, uh, you know, two teams, two different objectives. You guys over there, you come up with a weapons 2.0 system. You guys over there, you got to come up with a way to make exotic primaries worth using because they're not. The most simplistic way I've come up with making exotic primaries useful is Bungie should be more liberally using contest modifier. Anytime you go into the hardest piece of the content, a hard raid, a hard dungeon, Grandmaster Nightfalls and others, contest modifier should be on. It ensures that the content is always keeping you on your toes. Everything is a sword. Everything is challenging. I think the minute you go into anything that's contest modifier, exotic primaries should be uh, enhanced. There should be an exotic small arms perk that always comes hand in hand with contest modifier. So the minute you go into an area where maybe your primary feels a little bit weak, hey, no problem. Upgrade to an exotic and you can kind of be the ad control guy. I think that is sort of the easiest far-reaching broad solution so you don't got to go in, they don't need to go in and like retune and retool and buff and mess with every exotic primary in the game. Just do that. Give them an end game context. If you're running public events, law sectors, or strikes, and they're all at like the basically what we would consider like the casual level of difficulty, you can go with in there with exotic primaries, no problem. Just take them with you. It doesn't matter. You don't need to run xenophage in your strikes, your law sectors, and your public spaces. Just use the exotic. It's fun. You go into a challenging environment, nobody's going to do that. You're trading too much power. You're putting away your xenophage. You're putting away your lament. You're putting away your cloud strike. For what? For a for a huckleberry? That's not good enough. You're, you're losing power. You're, it, it, that's an unfair trade. 
the only way you close that gap as you would say intrinsically exotic primaries are stronger than legendary primaries the minute you go into a really challenging environment and then that would be your role well I'm not one of the DPS guys I'm not running Xenophage I'm not running Divinity I'm not support I'm the ad control guy I'm running my Mita multi-tool and man it is shredding trash ads it is great this is awesome this area is tough it's long range I'm just popping heads and it's really helping my teammates you would you would you would you would really spec out and you would consider that you would consider the idea of like I'm on trash ad duty because we all know when you're in those environments Grandmaster Nightfalls if, if, if anybody wants to attest in chat Grandmaster Nightfalls do trash ads can be a freaking headache because they just kind of swarm you you know and that'd be a great way to make exotics you know suddenly matter in there to piggyback on this question what if weapons 2.0 dropped a legendary weapon catalyst for adept legendaries you're getting real busy into the specifics. I, I think what I outlined for augmenting perks would land on an existing system and, and enhance it as opposed to creating a whole new thing of, well, now we have weapon catalysts for legendaries. I'm talking about iterating and saying, hey, make three versions of Outlaw. Okay, we can do that. And then when somebody levels the gun up, they can pick between the three versions. Like, that's all I'm doing. I'm taking pieces and parts that are already there and saying, hey, give me three different versions of Demolitionist. Okay, cool. And when somebody levels up a gun that's got Demolitionist, they can pick between those three perks. All of a sudden, throw on a Catalyst on a weapon. Catalysts are specific to exotics because an exotic is the only weapon of its kind. So I'm assuming you would create Auto Rifle Catalyst, Pulse Rifle Catalyst, Scout Rifle Catalyst, or would every single weapon have its own Catalyst? That's a big, big task. I, I that that seems out of that, that. What I'm outlining seems out of reach. What you're outlining seems even more out of reach. It's just too specific per gun. There's too many guns. Trash ads are the least of your worry. It's mainly the champions. Well then, well then maybe that's good feedback, Doge. Maybe legendary. I'm sorry. Maybe exotic primaries are um, suddenly a whole lot stronger against champions. You know? And so you're popping shields and maybe they maybe they have their own champion mod slot. So you can make them, you know, bust the shield, stun the unstoppable, or stun the overload, and then they get like a damage buff against them or something. It would be an exotic champion small arms. Like, all exotic primaries are more effective against champions. Something like that. You, you, what you have to do is you have to create a chasm between legendary primaries and exotic primaries because the chasm doesn't exist. Tarab is pretty good because it's good against both trash ads and champions, but who remembers that gun? Well, and that's a one-off, right? What if you want to use a Mita? What if you want to use a, um, a, a Suros Regime? You should be able to do that, and it should be really good against champions and their, and their shields and stuff. Now, not everybody's going to want to run an exotic primary because somebody's going to want to run the big damage weapon. Somebody's going to want maybe something for support like Divinity or something. You know what I mean? Gold Magikarp. Instead of the one PvP we get a year, would you like to see Bungie make a Halo Forge-style map to gain more capital out of one map? Bungie's favorites could hit the playlist each season. Unfortunately, a Forge mode's probably impossible considering this game is so cumbersome and slow and, you know, it's dev tools and engines are... It's a little archaic and outdated. They insist that it isn't, but I don't think they could do a Forge mode. I don't. 
By the way, if you guys are enjoying the talk today, we need 25 more likes for 900 likes. We like to set our sights on 1K likes every day. We've had eight new members and a bunch of new subs. Click the like button and the sub button. That's totally free. The join button is a commitment to support the channel directly with a, with a paid membership, but you can submit questions. Somebody already did that. One of the new members submitted a question. It's at the bottom of the list here. Uh, let's see. Happy Gengar. Hi, Lono. With weapons feeling less and less special as the seasons go on, what can Bungie do now to inject some sense of uniqueness to weapons? I mean, this is a little late in Q&A for like a really broad question that's essentially asking for cliff notes of the talk. So this is a reason to get here earlier maybe and submit the question before others or consider that when you're saying like how can they inject a sense of uniqueness to weapons i've kind of outlined that already you could do it through the perk augmentation making adept weapons have their own versions of that perk augmentation that goes up a little bit in in, in power and strength we've we've kind of already covered this so it's a good question you're just sort of late in the q a so i would be basically restating a lot of what i've already said which doesn't it isn't really good for the people that listen to the recording the Faz says, Do you think adding attribute ranges on weapon drops a la Diablo style uh, could make weapon drops more exciting? This plus armor 2.0 style perk system would allow for more specific role. Um, adding attribute ranges on weapon drops. I don't know what you're talking about. Do you think adding attribute ranges on weapon drops a la Diablo loot style loot could make weapon drops more exciting I don't know what this is somebody's gonna have to explain this to me I can't answer this sometimes when you guys do this like you go to another game you cannot assume you cannot assume I am super familiar with the other game's entire loot system and how it works Uh, like somebody earlier was like do it like cyberpunk I'm like I don't know what you're talking about range could be from 15 to 25 I don't. I, again, I don't. I don't know what you mean. An attribute range. I, I. I have no idea what this is. The stats and the strength. I mean, if you're talking about stats, stats are already random on the armor. If you. Oh. 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 oh I think what he's saying is, okay, on a weapon, there would be an attribute range. So maybe yours dropped with faster reload than mine. So the drop could fall anywhere in that range. Is that what you mean, Faz? Like. Hey, your gun has quicker reload than mine, and the stats have a range they can land in. Is that what you mean? I think that's what he means. They mean, I don't know. Um, I think that's what they mean. Uh, if that's what you mean, my only... Okay, he says, yeah, exactly. They say, yeah, exactly. Sorry. The, okay, here's the thing. I think this becomes an RNG nightmare. You're now adding... How many other... What is it? Five stats on a gun? It already does that? No, it doesn't. Your stats are only different base in relation to the perks in the barrel. You're he- okay, I just don't like presuming that. I, 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 I presume that too often. Um, That's too many layers of RNG. Because now you have the thousands of permutations of perk combinations in addition to the thousands of permutations of the stat combinations. You'd never get what you wanted. Ever. It's, it's, it's too many like oh I finally got a god roll but it's reload is terrible and it's and it's uh, and it's default mag size is terrible oh man that wouldn't work uh, that would make the barrels and sights obsolete though the perks would be added like armor style mods 
Here's something I haven't said in a while, but this is a mantra that I commonly trot out. Rather than jettison a system, work with what's there. What you're describing is an enti- like literally a brand new system that I can't get behind. It would cause more problems than good. Every new system is rough around the edges, so it would likely be really problematic and kind of not great and kind of busted. I'd rather work with what's there. What I outlined is very simple. You're chasing a god roll, and then those perks can go up in their efficiency as you level the gun and use it more, or do challenges on it, or whatever. And then once those perks are all the way at their maximum efficiency, there's augmentations to make them slightly different. I'm working with the pieces that are already there. To go to a completely different system like that, I think would just be tectonic to the game's value. It'd be like, what the frick did you guys do? It only works in Diablo because you can re-roll those stats. Right, like, you're trying to rip one system out of another game and put it in this game, and if you don't bring everything with it, again, you're trying to reinvent the entire loot system. Because if you do that, and you bring re-rolling stats and stuff, it's like, that's literally a whole other game. You know what I mean? It would be a major overhaul. I've always said we're going to get the most bang for our buck by suggesting systems and updates that are within their reach and within the systems that are already there. A complete overhaul and brand new system would unfortunately not only be out of reach, but would run the risk of completely busting stuff, and then we'd spend a year with them fixing it and tweaking it. Kind of like they did with Armor 2.0. Armor 2.0 has gotten a lot of tweaks over the year, ever since it came out. Princess uh, Rainashia, or no, it's probably, what is it, Rainshia? Is it Princess Rainshia? Uh, what if your ideas for elemental perks became the main perks and things like reload perks, uh, are part of the augments. So we move away from reload damage while keeping fast reload once leveled. I like what you're, I like where your head's at big time. If we can get away from damage and reload perks, like I've actually said, just homogenize reload. Reload on weapons should be fine. Rainacea. Rainesia? Where do I put the accent? Rainesia or Rainesia? Or, yeah, probably Rainesia. Anyway, uh, Rainesia. Now I'm getting multiple, now, now I'm getting multiple phonetic guides on how to say it. I, I just don't think Jaja got it right. Rain, Rainesia. Got it. I don't think that that you should ever be getting a weapon and saying, man, this weapon's good if I get a reload perk. This weapon's good if I get a reload and a damage perk. What are you talking about? Then the weapon's not good. The perks are good. The weapon's crutching on the perk. It's like, this weapon's good if I get a, if I get a reload perk. Okay, so are you even choosing the role that you want then? It sounds like the gun's archetypal weaknesses are determining what you go after. Do you see what I'm saying? They're passively dictating to you what you value. Oh man, you really need a reload perk on this gun. Oh, oh, okay. Are you choosing that? No. The, the gun's archetypal weakness is choosing it for you. The reload's so bad on a 120, you need a reload perk. That's not, that's not player agency. That, that's being, it's just like they're dictating it to you. Oh man, this car is great if I only make left turns. Oh, well, for frick's sake. What? I'm not choosing to make those left turns. 
the, the, the car is making me choose those left turns I'm never going to get anywhere so I, I would I would just continue to say guns should be good out of the box and then the perks enhance them and make them spicy it's the illusion of choice it's an old sales trick right yeah this gun's great if you get a reload perk this car is great if you buy this 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 and this and all these extra things it's like wait is the car great or not <laughs> is the gun great well no it's not really great you, you, you have to get a reload perk or it's or it's abysmal to use it's, it's literally painful to reload this that doesn't fly Orn, another new member two new members in a row Princess Rainashia and then Orn uh, what would you think about separating the current spec mods from the basic ones adding more in then reworking them with the augments like how we have been talking about that's kind of where my inspiration for this idea came from I've, I've, I've had this idea for a long time and I periodically kind of outline it like this and today's the first time I've sort of put into a, a, a more formal uh, suggestion but dragonfly spec and rampage spec are literally what sparked this idea way back when it's like huh why, why are we not augmenting every lane why is that not something that we're doing that's 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 a personal decision so I, I, a dragonfly you could do a couple things bigger explosion less damage right smaller explosion more damage normal explosion applies burn damage over time none of those are dramatically different and are going to mess things up but you just choose the one that you think feels best three versions of dragonfly then if, if, if you get the adept version, you could do maybe the adept version combines them. It's a bigger explosion and dot damage. Or smaller explosion with the increased damage and dot damage. Like the adept version like combines them and it's like, okay, this is slightly better. Explosion kills grant ammo or higher damage bullet. Do you see? You're cooking with gas now. No damage with knockback. Booyah. Booyah way significantly less damage but it blinds the enemies in the area you see you can touch now what we're actually doing is we're taking what Bungie's been doing imagine if Rampage would have been augmented into what we know as Swashbuckler and what's that other one that we can get right now where like you shoot the uh, the, the, the rank and file enemies and then it's stronger against majors that's a newer perk this season and then there's one for all if you shoot three enemies in close succession it does tons of damage for nine seconds those are all just iterations of rampage what if whenever you got a gun with rampage like you were choosing those types of things redirection thank you Like, oh, I leveled this up to tier 3. Now there's other versions of Rampage. One of them is called Swashbuckler. Do you see? I'm taking what they've already been doing and I'm turning it into a wealth of of depth and customization for the player instead of feeling like we have all these different damage perks that are basically the same. I'm taking something that they're doing and I'm actually restructuring it to get more value out of it. Because that's essentially all they're doing. All they're doing is is iterating on individual perks. Look at what oh this is so perfect. Okay. The the um redistribution is the one that like overloads your gun over time, right? That, that that's that's in the raid right now. 
redistribution is all it is it's a combination of overload and auto loading holster auto loading holster it's come together do you know what that feels like that feels like an adept perk to me so you get a gun that rolls with overload and once the gun's fully up upgraded you can is it reconstruction sorry it's reconstruction you get you you get you get that as an option on the adept version of the gun well overload's pretty cool but pff, reconstruction's better and then you'd have you, you could have three versions of overload you know um you know overloads the mag when you run over green ammo and has a chance um and has a chance to increase damage to you know to a portion of the mag when you do things like that like there's a chance you're not going to break the game because it's not predictable i'm sorry it's called overflow so you get overflow on a gun and then there's augmentations to overflow but if it's the adept version then you can switch it over to reconstruction I think that's something that people would have celebrated more because now you're creating the semblance of oh there's a better version of this gun and if I level it up I get better versions of the perks instead of like here's just another version of overflow it doesn't you know what I'm saying yeah you got clown cartridges and some others G Smith says I still believe uh, Bungo will ultimately return to what they know. Weapon leveling like in D1. Find a good roll and level it up. Use an Ascendant Shard for a boost of XP. Thoughts? I don't I don't know about this. I, I mean, why would you return to this? I don't know. Why would we go back to the idea that like you have to level the weapon like in D1? I mean, I've outlined an idea today that's inspired by that, but it's dramatically different. You're leveling the perks and their efficiency. They still work out of the box. I can't see them ever going back to doing that. Being like, yeah, use an Ascendant Shard and you boost the XP of the weapon leveling. I don't know. They always take the road they know. No, they don't. They, they didn't do that with elemental primaries. They've not done that with the, with the way that heavy weapons worked. I don't think so. I don't, I don't think they're headed down that road. Stephanie says, Bungie should just hire you already. If they implemented even half the ideas you've had over the years to the game, it would be on another level. I mean, I appreciate the compliment. Uh, I'm, I hope they're happy with the, the people that they supported and backed, all those, all those content creators. They, they're, all, they're all suddenly becoming seen as such great people, aren't they? JW, what if you can mod similar perks of what is rolled like gun rolls outlaw you can mod rapid hit rolls rampage you can mod kill clip multi kill clip like you're going down the road i was going down i'm not like what you're doing is is you're just letting me choose different perks i want to augment outlaw not just be like well i don't want outlaw i want rapid hit you're just turning this into crafting you're sneaking crafting into the game no 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 i just i took what they did and then turned it into an idea that's basically what they were doing with Outlaw and Rapid Hit. Rapid Hit was just a different version of Outlaw. I'm not asking for the ability to be like, yay, I got a gun. Let me level it all the way up and let me swap out Outlaw for Rapid Hit. Let me swap out Rampage for Swashbuckler. You just smuggled in crafting. That's not what I'm, I'm advocating for at all. I'm advocating for augmenting the perk to make it behave differently so you feel like you've enhanced the weapon to your liking and it's a, it's a capstone to the weapon in addition to getting the god roll that you were chasing. Jaja Church says, 
As it stands now, energies have no purpose except to bust shields. How do you feel about each type having a different visible effect? Void, singularity, or drain, arc. This has come up a lot in the past. Um, intrinsic benefits to the element. So if you do enough solar damage to something, it puts dot on them. If you do enough arc damage to somebody, it blinds them. If you do enough void damage to somebody, it suppresses them or stuns them or locks them down. Um, I don't know how much this would actually add to the game because uh, I, I mean it might help, but I don't I don't know how much how much leg room this would actually end up getting. Because it would almost kind of, it might just start to feel kind of gimmicky. I love the idea. I just don't know how much of a value we would get out of it long term. Uh, Rookie or TM. Why can't I stab enemies with Monte Carlo? Thanks for the whisper, uh, sweet words in my ear while farming the ordeal. No problem. <laughs> it was always cool in Borderlands when you got a weapon with the melee blades on the front and you would literally swing that instead of meleeing with your hands. Um, Bungie's just, Destiny's just never been a game like that, you know, where they, where they enable you, uh, to do it. Crafting's already in the game. Haven't you seen the exotic kiosk? That's like a record scratch. What? That's not a cra- that's not crafting. It takes four different currencies to get a weapon. That's no 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 no. I, I don't have time to, to break that down. That the, 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 that's a that's a false equivalency. That is not at all the same as crafting a gun with the right perks and rolls that you want. That's a, that's a that's a that's a vendor. A vendor selling items that you get enough currency and can go buy the item. That's not crafting. You're 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 out of you're out of the lane of what would be considered traditional crafting. It operates the same way. No, it doesn't. Crafting traditionally is you gathering enough materials to build the exact thing that you want. That is a vendor that is selling an item at a certain cost. It's not the same. Orn says, I think we need more exotic armor weapon combos like we have with the thorn and the necrotic grips. Not sure why it doesn't work with the the monarch. I love this and I want more of it. It'd be really cool if an exotic landed in the game and suddenly made things like the Graviton Lance or the Huckleberry really, really cool. Uh, That'd be a great future. This would be a great way to slowly pull uh, exotic weapons out of retirement. Uh, Thorn didn't really need any help, but it pulled it out of retirement, you know, in, in PvE for some folks. Not a lot of folks were using Thorn in PvE, and now they are. So that'd be pretty cool, I think. It'd be pretty cool to to start adding those types of synergies so you could you could suddenly make long forgotten exotics suddenly really exciting. I, I'd be all for it. I, I think that'd be really neat. One thing they could do here to get a lot of capital out of existing exotics that nobody's using, there's plenty of exotic armor that probably falls into the same category. If you wear this exotic piece of armor from, you know, year one or two that nobody pays any attention to now, it suddenly makes, you know, the merciless really, really strong. That'd be pretty dope. That'd be pretty dope. So, listen, I am not shutting down the stream, but I'm ending Q&A. And usually when I do that, lots of folks take their leave. Uh, this is a morning you know, show and segment we do. It's kind of like radio. We've been going for four and a half hours. If when I end Q&A, you sort of part with me for the day, that's totally fine. Hit like and subscribe on your way out. I would encourage you to stick around. We usually have a pretty good time. I also afford VIPs the opportunity to call in after Q&A so you can hear like live, <clears throat> live commentary from the community. So stick around. Don't go anywhere. Smash the like button. We're nearing the 1,000 likes. If you're listening elsewhere, you can always join us live at sntrlive.com and as always please like share and subscribe 
Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be VIP call-ins, a segment that we do every once in a while. If VIPs want to call in, they can after Q&A. And we got three callers today following our talk about Destiny 2 Needs a Weapons 2.0. If you want to upgrade to VIP, this is a perk you can cash in on during the live streams. Always be sure to stop by SNTRlive.com to catch these live streams on YouTube if you want to join the conversations, Q&As, the new live polls we've been doing. Make sure and check the community tab on the channel. Now, Techno is our first caller. He says he wants to call in about the Harbinger mission and the Hawk Moon Farm. Go ahead, sir. Well, first off, uh, weekly lockout's gone on the Hawk Moon Farm. Or it is for me. I finished the mission for the ship, and now I can run it as many times as I want, and I always get a Hawk Moon. Okay, okay. Chat, weigh in. Is this happening for everybody? Go ahead and weigh in while Techno's talking about the other part of this. And Harbinger Mission still has some bug triumphs preventing you from getting all the lore pages, like collecting all the feathers in one week. Okay. And okay. chat's weighing in, and they are agreeing. Okay, that was a, okay. So my video and commentary last week was uh, was inaccurate. So we they I don't know why they would have just come out and told us, but okay. So you can get one uh one Hawk Moon per run as much as you want. Yeah, and um, for the Harbinger mission, they also seem to be doing a rotating weekly uh, path and boss. Like, if you've run it this week, you'll notice that um, you have to go a bit of a different way to get to the boss and fight different bosses. Mm-hmm. So, I feel like the Harbinger mission is, like, a good step to bring us back to, like, Whisper in zero-hour type missions. It's not nearly as great as zero-hour, but I think it's about on par with Whisper. Now, because they're doing this, I know they don't want to do random rolls on exotics in the future. This is something specific to the Hawk Moon. So, how would you envision doing... Because I love the Harbinger mission. I actually think it's pretty good. I hate the modifiers. I, I, I kind of went on a rant yesterday about, like, could we get at least one or two positive modifiers? They're all negative. They're all kind of like, I wince when I read them. Like, ugh, really? Um... What, what what kind of loot would they put in something like this if I am going to run it that many times? Because if it's just a whisper or an outbreak, those are a one-time There one is time a drop. pinnacle gear reward, a plus two for mm-hmm. the first time you run it each week. You get one of those. Okay. okay. So there is more than just the Hawkman farm. It will be useful in leveling. And I consider that this mission might just be in as long as the EDZ is still in the game, considering that it's can be just tied to the EDZ instead of a season for an exotic farm. So unless they plan on getting rid of how we are going to target farm exotics, I don't see them getting rid of that mission or target farm the Hawkmoon random rolls, I should specify. Yeah, I just, I always look at something like this and the Whisper mission and the Outbreak mission and they're, they're sizable, they're sizable areas with enemies and mechanics and it's all for one gun, right? And I always sort of feel like, oh, you know, what if, uh, what if there was a pool of guns? You know, what if the well, boss actually, changed? You know, it's for a gun and a ship. Well, and but the ship's a static drop, right? You get it, and then it's kind of over and done with, right? You know, it. it yeah. I think what I'm getting at is, what if that? What if it each week was a different boss, and that boss was dropping something, and so there was a little bit more. I'm always on the the, the warpath to get more capital out of really good areas because I feel like they, they've wasted some great areas, and this well, is another I, one. I agree with that to a degree, but then I'm going to go back to what Lightleap was talking about on the roundtable about it. 
where, where you're going to need as much time to get the god roll because you have like 500 chances to get it. So if one week the Hawkmoon's not dropping at all, it's just like, well, why am I going to run that mission? It's not dropping what I want. Right, right, right. So just being able to say Tuesday, new modifiers, let's go run it, see how it goes. And if it's easier than last week, we're going to be sitting in there for quite a while this week. Maybe they could implement something like the lure charge where you get to the end and you decide which boss you want to summon. Kind of how some we, we've got this to a degree, you know, with Court of Orcs and the, and the Blind Well, you can choose what tier you want to do. They might be able to implement something like that. Like, I would like a mission like this. It's a good area, it's challenging, it's tough. But then I could get to the end and say, okay, there's four different weapons to get here, and I want the ogre. The ogre boss drops this really awesome shotgun, and you summon the ogre and fight him. Um, Then they're getting capital out of both the mission, the area, as well as there's more than one gun it's all dedicated to, you know? Yeah, I feel like they will probably not just leave it sit there as Hawkmoon, but that's me being optimistic. In the past, they haven't really done much with that. The only reason to go back into the Whisper was for the Sleeper Catalyst. Right. Well, they kind of paint themselves into a corner, don't they? Because, like, all these missions have lore attached to what we're doing. Like, we had an explanation of, like, what we were doing to get the outbreak, and in this case, the Hawkmoon is sort of tied to what's going on with the Crow and spider and and why we're back there so it'd be kind of weird to suddenly be like yeah you can go back there and get something different now you know maybe just add a different path or a doorway that's that that opens up you know and if you take that path and doorway you fight a different boss there's tons of pathing around for like the dam and the aqueduct and all that so those change weekly so it's not like i'm going to be running like how we do the nightfall or deals where it's the same strike just spaced out in different weeks it's different paths to different encounters whereas um, the modifiers seem to be static they seem to be the same ones as they were last week Hmm. and I still think we need like the modifiers that were there for the heroic mercury adventures because those were probably better than any modifiers in the strike playlist or in the nightfalls we have now the heroic mercury adventures I I remember some of those were kind of weird isn't that where we first ran into prism yeah, that was one of them, but they took Prism out, and then we had things like Shadowrunner, where you're like, you sprinted faster and you did more melee damage, but your grenade charged slower. And then there was like, uh, you could jump higher and you dealt more damage in the air, but your melee didn't do like any damage at all. And like modifiers that would actually benefit you instead of just being okay, time to strap up and grit your teeth for the next 20 minutes. Yeah. Yeah, this has been... I have a planned talk on this that, you know, uh, I think the title will be Destiny 2 Modifiers Are Terrible. Like, the modifiers are just terrible. They're so one-shaded now. It's just... It's all... What what brand of pain will you make me experience this week instead of what kind of fun build could I come up with? That, that That's that's not the question you're asking. Like, if you look at the modifiers this week for Harbinger, no one's saying, yeah, what kind of build could I go in there with? It's like, oh my gosh, like... What, what what shade of pain and what colors of pain am I going to have to endure this week in Harbinger? We, we, they got to bring back some positive modifiers, man. They only show up in strikes. That's the only place we see them, really. That and the ones in strikes aren't really that positive. Like, the burns have been, like, neutered down to singes. They're, like, 15 or 25%. The burns in D1 were 200% bonus damage. Mm. And the man. ones we got now are, like, I think 25% if memory serves correct. I would and love to get the hard numbers on that. 
Go ahead. I can pull up the hard numbers when I'm done with the calling and everyone else is talking, but like we don't have small arms. We don't have specialist. We don't have daybreak. We don't have uh, like airborne. We're missing a lot of modifiers that when they were in D1 would be like a reason to check the strike playlist every week. Right. Do you remember when it was, was airborne was when you were stronger in the air, right? Yeah. Airborne was you would take reduced damage and deal more while in the air. There was always the one where if it was airborne, specialist, and arc, you would go in with the fourth horseman and you could like jump and melt Fogoth and it was so fun. They got to recapture that magic. Who cares if it's cheesy? It's fun. You could do airborne, arc, and brawler with Paragon Greaves on a Titan and just one hit everything with your shoulder charge. Yeah. It's a strike. Who cares if it's broken? It's not like it's going to be... It's not like there's a world first for strikes or there's like flawless weapons in the standard meat and potato strike playlist. Yeah. My eyes were opened in Sundial when I finally realized Bungie thinks making something hard means they have to take all the fun out because if you went from normal sundial to the hard sundial heroic they took away all the positive modifiers so i was running around in heroic wondering why my peregrine greaves with solar the the solar shoulder charge wasn't wrecking because it was like solar burn and brawler were both on in normal and i went into the heroic and i was like why isn't this working and people were like Lono, all the positive modifiers are off. So I do, what did I do? Instead of running around with a fun build, I just went back to running bubble. I mean, that, that, that right there just gave me a crystal clear picture into what the problem is right now when Bungie tries to flip that switch over like, here's normal, here's hard. It's like, you take all the fun away and hit me in the head with a bat. It's like, that's not, we, 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 we need to get away from that because the Harbinger mission is great. I love the area. I love the, I love the fight. But when I see all those negative modifiers, I immediately recoil. I'm like, I don't know. That just sounds like it's not very fun. You know, it sounds like you're just going to beat me up for, 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 I mean, how fast were you running it? How fast were your clears? Um, usually like 15, 20 minutes a run. Okay. When I was okay. by myself, if I was in a team, we could probably do it faster. Oh, you're solo clearing in 10 to 15. That's pretty good. Yeah. Well, I had my we build quote unquote was just me making sure I had something to pop all the shields and then running through it. Yeah. Yeah. And let's not forget in destiny one, we had the mayhem modifier in nightfalls. There was the daybreak modifier that would show up in nightfalls. It was awesome. It was great. It was, you know, it was, we are overpowered and basically unstoppable. But the enemies also have something up their sleeves that they can use to stop us too. It was it was an even power exchange, but it's just weighed too heavily to the game right now for us. For us, it's basically sit in a well of radiance or in a bubble or behind cover and just plink away at an enemy instead of saying, um, I'm going to try something a little off the norm because I have daybreak. Why don't I just run around endlessly throwing dawn blades or endlessly throwing explosive hammers? Yeah. Daybreak was super, super dope. So was Rainbow Burn. When you get a Rainbow Burn, it was so fun. Ah. <laughs> and then regular strike playlist scoring. There's just a lot of stuff in the D1 strike playlist that I think could be brought over into the D2 one to make it. I guess that would be reinvigoration instead of just like saying, here's a new weapon in the playlist that's going to be harder to grind because we didn't take any other weapons out. 
Well, and that's where the scoring could play, weigh in. Like, if you hit certain scoring thresholds, maybe a chest appears at the end and you can pick one of those three guns. Like, I don't like picking. I don't like it feeling like a, like a value meal, but... Or maybe you could tie it with the boon system like I want. Like, I want it to pop out of the boss or, like, drop at the end. And if you hit certain scoring thresholds in the strike playlist, then its drop is almost guaranteed at certain thresholds. I think a daily rotation might be good. Like, strike modifiers rotate daily. So, like, if it's a primary weapon dropping that day, well, you have small arms on. If it's a special weapon dropping that day, you got specialist. If it's a power weapon, you got heavyweight on. Yeah. Stuff like that for target... giving you a target of farm so when you're farming for the special weapon in the strikes playlist all your special weapons are dealing more damage yeah yeah anything to make it more fun to make it more exciting because right now anything I, to put some power back into the players hands like demon souls the enemies are strong but there's ways to counter the strong enemies and here yep. it's just hide run away I, I love that you brought that up because somebody just told me, Sven's like, your Demon Souls views are killing it. Dude, YouTube is so friendly to you when you play new games. Like, I love that this platform is so much different. Like, on the purple platform, anytime you played a new game, you got murdered. But over on that channel, anytime I play a new game, it's just, it's amazing. It gets, it does so well. And I, I love that you brought up Demon Souls because there was that blue knight. And the first time I encountered him, he was beating the snot out of me. And so I adapted, put some distance, and I healed myself up. And then I took the high-risk, high-reward decision of trying to parry him so I could get the execution or whatever they call it on it. Um, no, repost. I, I did the parry repost on him. Well, I, I mean, that that's absent from Destiny. There's, there is no high-risk, high-reward. Like, hey, if There's you go no over parry. here... Yeah, it's going to be really hard, but you're going to get this crazy overpowered Scorch Cannon that's going to nuke the room. Like, you know, it's going to be tough... You gotta do this, this, balance this, do this mechanic, high risk, high reward. When I pulled it off and I beat him instead of dying, everybody thought he was gonna get me. That felt amazing. It was like everyone thinking, Lono doesn't really play these games. This guy's gonna get the best of him. And I and I and I pull it off. Man, that's a memory I'm gonna have now. I'm gonna link back to that memory and say, that's how you reward a player for taking the high risk option. The closest thing we have to a high risk option is running a sword when the enemies have or when chaff is enabled. That's the closest thing we have to high risk, high reward in Destiny. What what's the chaff one? Yeah, you don't have a radar and enemies deal more melee damage. Yeah, but what we're but we're not choosing that. Like I'm not choosing that. That's yeah. just forced on me. Well, choosing a sword to run against that. Like if chaff would say, oh. well, everyone's melee damage is increased, then it'll be fine. I think you should bake into the negative modifier something positive. Like, if the Taken Vandals can drop their bubble a lot more often, then just add it to, like, well, your class ability cooldowns are reduced, so they, so you can use them more often or faster. Yeah, match and I... games on, where it's, um, you take less damage from energy types that don't match your subclass. Yeah, well, and, and like Doge that. is bringing up what happened last week. Chaff is no radar, and then Empath is increased radar, increased melee damage taken, and... Chaff and Empath were both on at the same time, so we didn't get our enhanced radar. They shut the radar off. Like that's again, it's it's where their their negative modifiers are literally folding in on themselves. It's like you had two modifiers, and one of them actually was going to benefit us, and you have another one on that takes it away. It's like you couldn't even let us have an enhanced radar for frick's sake. There are sake. so many negative modifiers on GMs. They had to create a new modifier that was just all of those ones because it would go across the entire bottom of the screen. 
I tried to point that out when I criticized Grandmasters when the first concept of it landed. I was like, they literally have hidden five negative modifiers from you by putting them all in one. They have so many that they have to smuggle them all in under one one modifier you highlighted, and there's like five modifiers listed. It's like a package deal. Yeah, I, that, that, I think we may that that modifier talk may be maybe right around the corner because I the more I think right. about it, the more passionate I get. The big thing for me about modifiers is I think they should be double-edged where they buff the enemy, but they buff me too. Like if the yep. enemy's melee damage is increased, mine should be increased. If the enemy can throw grenades more often, then so should I. I've always said when I go into environments like that, I should say, holy crap, these enemies are strong, but so am I. And right now we don't get to say the second part. We're like, holy crap, the enemies are really strong. This is going to suck. Like, <laughs> button up. <laughs> <laughs> you button up it's gonna be tough you know it's, and then also with that one-sidedness that the enemies have we are pigeonholed into very specific types of loadouts and roles for these strikes and nightfalls like most people are not going to be running into the harbinger mission using something that would be considered off the meta people will do it just because they can but you're not going to be doing it efficiently which is what the community loves to do we love to run in the smallest circle possible and the smallest circle possible is running a well of radiance or a bubble or a tether and all the stuff that just makes it easier to endure the pain instead of something that would be dishing it out yeah agreed all right well i i've got to i've got to scoot over to the other the other uh channel in a little bit here so i gotta go to the next caller good thoughts though techno all right, I'm coming to you, Gilly. Gilly in the mist calling in here saying, my loadout system and why it wouldn't be so bad. Go ahead. So as you know, yesterday, I put in the question that if they're going to make a loadout system, the easiest way I see them making it with set bonuses that I assume they're intending to bring with armor is that they let us wear... Like as long as the armor is in your on your character in one of your ten slots, you can at least you'll get that set bonus in that act, in that res- respective activity. And with transmog coming and how I'm looking at it now, like I pulled up the little update on there, mm-hmm. your appearance management is going to be a different screen. So anytime you're looking at how you're going to be looking, you're not going to be looking at your armor. Okay. I feel like that already disconnects your armor to how you look and how your character looks and it's no longer like the armor you're earning is no longer really a piece of armor it's an item with stats on it we collect armor and we swap over those stats already you already hold five or six pieces of armor because they all have good roles we, we all collect armor like that if we're interested in stats so if we're gonna get stat if we're gonna get set bonuses and you're not going to let us tab over different sets to equip, then we might as well just be able to equip them all and get all of the benefits wherever we go because we're going to do that anyways. We're just going to, whenever we go into an activity, we're just going to click the tab over button and boom, there you go. Why go make us go through the effort of tabbing over when you could just get the bonus? And even if it's not, if 10 is too powerful, maybe it's only the first four slots in your armor. So the piece you're equipping and then the three slots on top, those are the bonuses you get. So you put those pieces there and then you can equip them and they always work. And then you don't have to switch and you don't have to think about it. You don't have to be hassled by it, but you still get those benefits and there's still a desire to chase 
lots of pieces of armor. Hmm. I mean... I... The only problem with this is I'm sitting here trying to think of how I want to phrase this and why I, I, I understand where you're coming from and I understand why you're saying what you're saying, but I'm like, this, this is, this is the sort of statement that I, I kind of formulated in my mind while you were talking cumbersome logistics or challenging logistics. I don't think is an excuse for, um, I don't want to call it bad game design, but it does feel like bad game design to be like, you're going to get a set bonus for not, but you don't even have to wear the set. That, that, that feels so convoluted to me. Um, if they're not going to do a loadout system, your idea makes more sense as like, if you run enough things for the Vanguard, you can buy a special, a Vanguard specialist thing that's active whenever you're in the strike playlist. Do you see what I'm saying? Like, I'm giving you what you want. The fact that, like, you don't have to sit here and have 18 different armor sets for 18 different activities. It's something that you earn, and it's just always there. When you call it a set bonus, but you don't make me wear the set, that that feels so backwards. Like, I don't understand. I should have to figure out what I value, and if I want, and if I really value having this set bonus, I got to get good armor and get the armor where I want it and get it spec to how I want it. And then I'm, and then you're adding sort of a grind and a value uh, to that armor, as opposed to being like, no, you got it. You don't even have to wear the armor. You could have literal pieces of garbage armor that are giving you set bonuses for your god roll armor set that you're wearing. It, there's so many things about it that I think are too backwards for 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 most people to accept what you're saying. Like, again, I understand where you're coming from. Right now, changing stuff is a literal headache. And if I had uh, an armor set for strikes, an armor set for trials, and then an armor set for raids, I mean, it is a bit of a nightmare to go in and swap it all. A loadout system would be a magnificent change that would enable them to do that. Because, I mean, even Blackburn has said they want to add that level of... Uh, they want to add that level of customization to... Uh, what's been going on and unfortunately they 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 don't like as as far as like they don't have a system like that right now if if they if they start to give us a system like that where we actually go in and say okay I have a reason to get all these armor pieces and these guns and then I create a loadout for that activity um because I would even I would even have different builds for different strikes. Because like I said earlier, when you went to Savathun strike and you didn't and you couldn't use the sword on the Shrieker at the end, it'd be great to push a button in my load in my in my menu and just everything changes for me, mods included. I, I see what you're saying by you can just have you don't have to grind for good rolls, but maybe hmm, here's a good iteration on this: when you get the set bonus, you're also getting you're also like wearing that armor. Like it just swaps over for you. So like you can assign in your inventory, this is what I want to wear when I'm in this activity. So you get one for strikes, crucible, gambit, and you just click on the armor piece in your armor and you can set each one to a different like activity area. Like this is public, this is raids, this is strikes, this is crucible. And then it's like, it just auto switches over for you because I, I I don't see how they're going to make a loadout system for this game unless they completely change how our UI looks, and I don't, I don't think they want to do that because they haven't changed it at all. Like it's, it's still been that double column, weapons on the left, armor on the right, super up top, materials up top, and light level. They haven't touched that at all. So I don't know. Like, like I've always thought, like, well, if they're gonna put a loadout system, how are they gonna do that? Are you gonna be able to tab over? 
Are they going to add another bar underneath all the bars we already have? Like, if we're what we have now is UI that's going to change, we need to work within that UI to get mm -hmm. us a loadout system that Bungie can implement in a reasonable amount of time and bandwidth. Isn't Stasis a glimpse into the fact that they might be overhauling the UI over time, though? It's not even remotely similar to the light subglass menu system. It feels like a... The, the, the Stasis menu system, to me, feels like literally a, a chunk of Destiny 3. That's what it feels like. It feels like they got, it got shaved off of Destiny 3, so there could be other things like that that we eventually get to finally see. Um, and also... It could be as simple as this. Like, let's say you have your your. Let's say you're a controller player, and you pull up your menu right now. You can see your character, you see your guns and armor, and you literally just hit left trigger, and a menu slides out that says there's there's all your saved loadouts. And when you hover over a loadout, you can click you know save and override. So whatever you have currently equipped is going to take up that slot. And if you click another button on it instead of like save and override, you just click A. It switches you to that loadout you would literally just hit trigger this menu slides out you can choose which one you want i don't know you have five ten five to ten of them in there all it's doing is is saving data points it says okay for loadout one he wants the raid armor set with these mods and these weapons and you click it and then you're good to go i you know they're overhauling the ui with transmog says greg plus time and bandwidth something they have anyway since it'll be around for at least another two years the ui overhaul isn't really an issue i i think we're going to see significant ui changes in the coming months and i think that the um the stasis subclasses are the first sign of where they want to go it's it's very very different style of how they're doing things yeah I, they did they did change that but they changed that from destiny one to destiny two so i do think we're gonna get iterations on subscreens i just i don't know if they'll change the main character inventory screen because that has stayed the same since destiny one vanilla no i agree with that i don't think they're going to change the fundamentals of like here's your weapons here's your armor but it, something as simple as a slide out menu that allows you to both save and change loadouts i i can't see that being outside of the possibilities of something they could implement since they already are creating a whole new menu for transmog from now they said those were early mock-ups so maybe transmog doesn't even end up looking like that transmog could end up looking like you literally just turn it into an ornament and then you use the ornamental screen to change you know and i mean i don't know i that yeah, that thing they showed us did look pretty elaborate though it was like you can even change all your shaders it, it's a new menu so it's not i don't know how we don't know how it's going to connect to our inventory now we just know it's going to be a separate screen for your armor and your shaders. Yeah. So how they do it and how they implement it, I don't know. But we do need something along the lines of when you have those pieces of item, like when you have your 10 pieces of armor, you need to be able to quickly or almost seamlessly switch it out activity to activity. Whether or not you pre-assign those through like a, like a, you know, you pull up a menu with a trigger or the game automatically just picks it based on slot we still need the we still need it to be low hassle quick change per activity or even different encounters like on raids and stuff i mean if you're talking about pressing two buttons to change your loadout that you no one could claim that's a hassle compared to what we have to do now i go i go from one encounter in the raid to another and i'm changing so much i'm changing mods for sword i'm changing this for that lucent blade blah 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 like i'm changing so much i mean greg made a good point the the, the screenshot he just put in the discord of the the menus you're talking about that could very easily be 
the framework of a loadout menu as well. It's literally like pick all your armor and then you click save as well as guns. You pick that all and you click save. Boom, you just saved a loadout. Like there there's a distinct possibility that the the UI for transmog is also the the the, the rough framework of a loadout system. I, they've never said they're doing a loadout system, but more and more with Armor 2.0, it feels like a a necessary uh quality of life update. Yeah, definitely. And I also have I do wonder how many loadouts are we going to get because if you really think about it, there's a lot of loadouts you need. Sure. If you're gonna, have, you have four different loadouts for each, all the raid encounters, and every raid encounter is different. And yep. then you're gonna want one for maybe control and elimination. Are they gonna give us ten like they do in Call of Duty? Like that's another thing I don't, I don't know how they're gonna implement as well. If you can only carry ten pieces of armor and it's and it's based on your character and not your vault, how's that gonna work as well? Because you have to, do you have to have all ten, you have to have all of that in your inventory, or can you swap from things in collections, not collections, but your vault? I mean, Dim pulls stuff from the vault for you when you use their loadout system. I can't see Bungie not being able to wrap their heads around it doesn't need to be in your inventory. It could literally be a gun and your hunter's holding it, but your warlock needs it when you push the button and it just pulls it over, you know? I, I, I feel Would they like grant they us that. that power, though? Would they say that's too much? Like, that's just, what's the point of having an inventory and not letting you just carry all your weapons if you can just switch your weapons at any time? Well, because the loadout's a bigger decision. Like, if I go from encounter one to encounter two in the raid, and the only thing I change is my primary and my shotgun, I don't really need a loadout for that. But when I'm changing my exotic, my armor pieces, all the mods on my armor, like, that's when you want the loadout. And so I think there would be still an element of, like basic inventory switching loadout is you're changing seven things with one click and if if you need to switch one or two things here and there in between activities we've been doing that for years nobody can really gripe about well i still have to go in and change you know change my gun like of course like loadouts aren't designed to literally eliminate the inventory system in and of itself it's designed to be a a nice broad solution to something that at the moment is really, really cumbersome. And this would also mean, yeah, we got to remove the, the, the glimmer cost to socket mods because my armor might not change, but if I change all my weapons, you know, I might have two loadout buttons and one is literally for a machine gun build and another's for a sword build and it just changes all my mods for me. Uh, and they did change some background API stuff over to Vulcan, and that may give them this sort of background freedom to, sh- to, to move stuff around more uh, more freely. I'm not an expert on the, in this field, but that could be another background foundational change that's going to give them that tools the tools necessary to do something like this. Yeah, I just I don't know if they're going to let us if they would let us pull from the vault because they don't let us send items through the game now. Like, yeah, you can do it with them, but you have to be in orbit, and you have to use the app like the app or dim you can't do it in game like you can't pull you can't pull items in game to your character from your vault and you can't send them to your vault either i don't know if they're gonna let if they would let us do that now with the loadout system i don't know if they fundamentally disagree with that like you need to go to the tower to get your vault or if it's just an oversight or something they haven't implemented well, it's in their own app. I can do it in their app, so I can't see them saying, we don't want you to do it in the game. If they give me the permission to use the, to use their own Destiny app to do it, that would be really odd. I, I would be very curious what their reasoning would be. The only thing I could see is like, you know, mid-raid encounter, you can be switching your loadouts and, and exploiting something. Like, obviously, you'd have all the speedrunners figuring out, like, loopholes, but... I, well, and they don't do let us now, do it now, slow. though. 
which is why I mean I don't understand why I don't let us do it now. Even just another button in the inventory if you hit I don't know down on the D-pad or something, some random button sends the item to a vault. Like that would be so handy. Where you get a, you get a random god roll drop. But you don't want to go back to the tower because you have nine out of ten items. You don't you want to send that one item to vault, but now you got to pull your phone out or dim. Want I be able to do it in game now? But you can Summer. do it. I mean, I, I get what you're saying, but to the competent player, it's not hard to like have dim open or the bungee app open and be like, oh, I need this, and you drag it over. I mean, I, I don't know. And also, <laughs> if you're not on console, one of the old consoles, it's really easy to make sure you have all your loot in your inventory. And I literally pull up my menu and can swap my weapon super duper fast. Pulling up my menu and doing something on the loadout would be just as simple. I'm not saying like mid-combat, I press the D-pad and switch my loadout. I still think you'd want to require people to go into the inventory screen because I can do that now. I was doing that in the middle of the one fight. I was literally switching off and on of, I was switching from Wormhus to Celestial mid-fight and it was super fast. Like, if somebody's going to take the time to do that, but instead they use the loadout button, I, I don't know. I, that doesn't seem like a reason to not give us a really, really helpful tool. Uh, I don't... I'm not phrasing this like I don't think we should do it. I just... I'm looking from, like, how Bungie looks at things. Like, if oh, they yeah. don't see that, mm-hmm. that it's fit for us to be able to do it in-game now, maybe they're waiting to do it with Transmog, but they've brought a lot of tools to the app while not really improving the in-game side effects of that. Yeah, yeah, I hear you. I, I, you're, you're saying they might, they might have a philosophical or principled reason why they don't let us do it, which would mean that the loadouts, you know, maybe loadouts are on a cooldown the way that like ammo synths were or something, so you can't do exploits like bounce, bounce, well, bounce between between loadouts and, and cause some kind of a glitch. Not that it just your loadouts would be limited to your inventory. You couldn't pull it from your vault because for some reason they don't let us do it in game but they keep adding ways to do it with the app. Like, I feel like they don't want you to be able to do that in game. They want you to go to some external tool to do that. I could see that you, you load up for the day. You grab all your favorite weapons that you, cause really this only applies to weapons, right? It's not like your armor sitting in the vault or like your exotic Titan helmet sitting on your Hunter. So really it's just the guns. And if you know, you're going to be playing on your Hunter for the day, you load up with the guns that you know are common for your, for your loadouts. Um, and they could have a UI thing that clues you in. Like, uh, if you go to, to loadout number four, it has a red exclamation point, and, you're, and you highlight it, and it says, Missing Weapon in Inventory, Fatebringer. And you're like, oh, okay. So you would literally pop that menu out to make sure you had everything for your play session. You'd drag it all over, and then you'd go. So... I think there are ways to work around what you're what you're saying they might not like. We don't want people pulling stuff from the vault. It could literally alert you and say, "Hey, you're getting ready to go in and play the raid. You're missing a couple of weapons," and it it, it would it would could it could definitely uh, alert you to that. I have to go to Doge because we're going to be late to the gaming channel if I don't. But good thoughts. Okay. Okay. Creature does have a good question though. Do you think they'll sell slots, loadout slots in Eververse? Oh my gosh! Call of Duty does it with well, they do it with prestige tokens. But I think you can buy them with real money now as well. I would hope not because I know people are thinking of Transmog. Transmog Silver is a shortcut. So they would probably, if they were going to do something like that, maybe you could work to unlock more slots on your own or take the shortcut and buy them. I don't know if they're ever going to do that. Um, I don't know if they're ever going to be like, yep, you can just buy the slots. So, all right, I got I got to go. I got to go to Doge. All right. Thanks, Gilly. Mm-hmm. 
All right, Doge, you're usually brief. I need you to be brief today. Problem with heaven, heavy legendary, uh, except for swords. Yeah, like, I think what the problem is, like, learning a funeral rifle is, like, Xenoface is just, like, really strong. Like, you don't need to do full precision. And it, like, it does, like, more, like, as much or more damage than, like, stuff like learning a funeral rifle, especially, like, stuff like Sleeper or... Uh, even though Leviathan's breath is not a linear fusion rifle, it basically is like, like which is like a problem sense. Like, Xenoblade can just do everything a linear fusion rifle can do, but like just straight up better. Mhm, mhm. I I think if we go all the way back in time to when linear fusions were conceived of as a power weapon, it was during double primary, and so that was also when shotguns and snipers were there. And I wonder and worry that linear fusions got left behind when shotguns and snipers got moved to the secondary slot I feel like linear fusions should have as well and then I guess just they could have left sleeper alone and it needs a buff anyway but that to me is how I would diagnose what happened it's like they were originally in a slot that was shared with rockets grenade launchers snipers and shotguns and linear fusions were almost like the the special heavies they weren't real heavy heavies well, I do disagree because, like, uh, Whispers and Shale was that, like, precision, like, uh, heavy weapon can work. So, like, True. and Linear Fusion Rifle as he does, like, a surprisingly amount of damage ever since the buff during, I think, uh, Dawn. Mm-hmm. And another problem, and the problem with, uh, I would say, Rocket Launcher is, like, it's not, like, the ammo, like, how much ammo is in, like, the magazine. I think it's just a problem with damage be- because, like, uh, like burst damage and like actually like work like it's an during shadow keep like dominated like the meta during shadow keep and dawn and it was a burst damage like burst damage weapon not a sustained damage like if rockets were like like if rocket can do like as much damage as like something like is an i think rocket uh can become like part of the meta in some way yeah, rockets by their nature need to do significantly more damage or they never function as they're designed. They're slow at every turn. They're slow to shoot, slow to ready up, slow to reload. They have low ammo count. Everything about them screams high total damage possibility. It, 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 they don't make sense as a weapon like anytime you've ever played a game and something's really really slow to reload and shoot you usually are getting high damage you know you have you have rapid fire you can play any game you know play call of duty with us and if you're using one of the snipers that shoots really fast it's not as strong as the really slow cumbersome sniper that's like bolt action and it blows a hole through the guy right like that's the problem with rockets they are built as if they're high damage and they're not it, it's I don't know and if you miss if the enemy sidesteps or you know it goes like right in one of those weird hitbox areas where like the rocket just glides right through them it's just insane loss of DPS so I I don't know what they're gonna do with them but I would say put two in the chamber I think uh, horseshoes and hand grenades should be intrinsic so even if you slightly miss it still explodes um and then direct yeah. impact damage should just be significantly raised. They don't do near nearly enough damage. Yeah, like I think they only need to like buff the damage. Like they only need like two in the reserve to be good. Like if it's an Argus and like uh, dominate the meta during Shadow Keep and uh, seeing the Dawn, like then I would say like Rocket can like do the same with just one in the magazine. 
Well, the only reason I'm saying two in the magazine is because fundamentally Bungie has created so many encounters that are really, really short damage windows. I would worry that even if you really raise Rocket's damage, they're still going to fall off the table because the game is so fast and agile right now, Rockets don't really keep up. So if I could quickly jump off two Rockets and switch to something else, they might kind of, you know how we do that with Anarchy, we dump two rounds and then we switch to like a sniper or something. Rockets could maybe get their footing. So many damage phases and cycles are so dadgum fast one in the chamber would still maybe leave rockets off the table even if you significantly raise their damage yeah but we have stuff like uh rally barricade and like uh lunar fashion that can like mitigate like those downside also like uh True. magazine perks like uh alloy casing which is underrated like uh i use like uh I, when i first played with you like in like the world of nothing nightfall like i was using a tomorrow's answer with like uh allocating and I really like insanely fast like faster than the Izanagi's my only pushback on what you're saying is are there other heavy weapons that have to lean on rally barricade or luna factions in order to be decent like the other heavies are almost they're heavy of their own right and I don't want a rocket to have to lean on something like that a rocket should stand alone as a heavy weapon and I'd be worried you're you're making it crutch on something to be viable so that'd be my only pushback but those are good thoughts yeah, like stuff like like grenade launcher, like also like crutches on like increased reload speed, like and same with like let me like any weapon is like in a damage phase, like crutches on like reload speed, mm-hmm. unless it yeah. has like all on hoister. Yeah, and that's just something they should consider when they're designing the heavy weapons, is where where do they see that they should land philosophically? So, I, unfortunately, with, with, with VIP call-ins, I, I've, in the other channel, I've got a, I've got a, I've got a chop a short here, but I, I love, I love, I always love your insight on damage and stuff like that, because you, you were always the damage king when we ran the Prophecy Dungeon, so uh, I think you got some, some good insight, and hopefully Rockets start to get some love, since two of them are getting reissued next, uh, next season. Yeah, and I also died to waste resources on using rockets and prophecy. <laughs> <laughs> I did, I did. I wasted so many resources on that stupid build. <laughs> it was, it was so bad. Oh, that was fun though. All right, Doge. Thanks for calling in. Okay, bye. All right, guys, don't go anywhere because I need you to help me out with something. But if you're listening to this recording, you can always come over to sntrlive.com and join us live for these discussions. Upgrade to VIP if you'd like to take advantage of call-ins. And as always, please like, share, and subscribe.